In this episode, we're going to look into Wistia's The State of Video Report for 2023 right after this. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Watch Time. Today, we are excited to really take a look at video in 2023 mm-hmm. by looking at some of the information that's in Wistia's um, State of the Video Report. And this is something that we've covered before. Uh, they have some really cool findings that we think could be helpful for your business and your video strategy. So we're going to kind of take a look at the report and sort of digest some of the findings and talk about maybe some of the things that we found in our experiences Mm -hmm. that may support some of the statistics. And um, we hope it's really helpful to you. Yeah, I'm always excited when we get to do this episode. Um, You know, I, I don't, you know, I I don't think we've always had a chance to review it, but I know we've done at least a handful of times. And, um, you know, anybody listening, watching, Wistia is one platform that does this, but, you know, Vidyard does, I think, a state of the video report or they put out like a, a forecast what they think is going to happen. They're another platform. Um, HubSpot, I think, puts something out every year, too, of some kind talking about the future of marketing and video. And and these are great reports. They're free. A lot of times you just have to give an email address. So is it really free? But, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> nothing's free. <laughs> but you, you get the report and it at least gives you some ideas um, where you can start to formulate better strategies for yourself as a business owner. You know, what's going to be the next big fad or what what can I start to do now to set myself up for success later? And, you know, I think um, they're great things to kind of look at and, and maybe don't, you know, live and die by them, but make decisions and help make better uh, marketing for your business with them. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's a great point. Um, so for those of you that are unfamiliar, Wistia is a, is a video player video platform, like yes. third-party service um, yes. that, that you can um, use to embed your videos. Mm-hmm. So the, their survey was strictly on the people that are using their platform, like their users and their data. But it does give us a look at, at video in the industry. And I do think it one thing to like off of that to mention, just kind of think about this when we're talking through these numbers, they're good to use, like I said, to try and formulate plans. But as Kathy was saying, it is their users. And I would take some of these these results kind of with a grain of salt in the sense of, you know, this is a platform that, you know, you would go and you would purchase as a third-party platform and you'd use embed codes on your website. You'd use like their different systems. So when you're thinking that way, you're already strategically thinking about video differently than when you just release video to YouTube or Vimeo. So understand that the people that they're reporting on, they're already kind of putting together a video marketing strategy. Um, So in in some respects, it's good because you're getting input from people that are thinking strategically, but it doesn't mean that every business is on board to do, you know, all these things that they're saying. For sure. And um, really, even even, um, based off of that, some of those findings are surprising. So I'm I'm excited to kind of Mm -hmm. dive into this. Um, so just a little bit more about the survey, um, their whole report was really to see how businesses are using video and how consumers are watching. And all of this is based on, um, 80 million videos that have been uploaded to the Wistia platform. Um, they spoke to over 1500 companies to see how the video videos impacted their business. 
last year in 2022 and kind of find out what they're planning for 2023. And so... It was interesting to look at the beginning of the report because it says that video uploads, plays, and time watched were all at, a, at an all-time high in 2020, which we knew with the pandemic, we saw a huge increase in interest in video. But that those stats have, have declined over the last couple of years. So about a third of the company said that the pandemic highlighted the importance of video for them and caused them to produce more videos. So Wistia was really trying to see if businesses and consumers are just this this dip is kind of just them returning to these longer term trends mm-hmm. um, or if, uh, you know, some of these things that people have learned related to the pandemic really did fundamentally change the business. Mm-hmm. So those are some interesting uh, things to consider as we're going through. And so what we're going to do is we're going to share 10 kind of points or statistics and just kind of see what we think about them and and how they relate to our experience. So Um, so number one is they found that only half of businesses surveyed felt that they had a video strategy, which is interesting because we were just talking about how people that are, you know, maybe advanced enough in their video use to be using a platform like Wistia, you Mm -hmm. would think they have a better video strategy. Mm -hmm. But again, only half of them did. And Uh, But they did find that companies are using video strategically, Mm -hmm. for example, to provide product education or, you know, create new videos for new customers. So I I think that's kind of interesting. It's not surprising to me that it's surprising to me in the sense that, again, this is supposed to be like a more advanced, you know, audience Mm -hmm. that would maybe buy Wistia's product. But it's not surprising to me that a lot of companies still don't have a solid video strategy. Yeah, I agree. I I think, you know, with some of our clients, you know, a lot of them come to us and they just they have a need and they feel that video is going to fill that need. Mm -hmm. So some of them, I think, do think strategically, like you're saying, in the sense of, you know, we need to have a product video. We need to educate our consumers, but they're not thinking about that overall like hierarchy of, you know, videos and how are they being used and the customer journey and kind of laying all that together. So I do, I do think that there's a lot of uh, room for growth for a lot of companies. I know we've talked about it on this podcast, you know, video is a, it's a piece of content, but, you know, just like photos and just like, you know, um, infographics, different design capabilities, but, you know, all these things kind of play into your overall marketing strategy. But I think where the opportunities missed with video is the strategic use in terms of like, how to create a full strategy for video. So having its own strategy within, you know, your marketing strategy. So I feel like a great example of this is like if you're if you're going on a trip with your family and you're like, hey, we're going to go see the Grand Canyon, you know, but along the way you want to stop and see the world's biggest ball of string and you want to stop and see the world's largest frying pan and you have like this little map of things that you're going to do along the way to like make that journey like more enjoyable or to like be able to experience more. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think the video strategy kind of fits in and your your roadmap to your destination is your marketing strategy and video strategy is like the stuff that you're doing along the way to help get you there. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, uh, you know, it's just going to result in a more successful journey, more strategic mm-hmm. journey. And I was thinking about this the other day too, because again, you know, like I come from like the writing world and, and I was just thinking about how a lot of marketers will lay out 
their blogs for the year mm-hmm. or, you know, different social posts. But I think people need to get used to thinking about, okay, well, where are the videos going to fit into? Are they in line with the different events or campaigns that we're doing? So just getting into that mindset where a video is another platform that you're going to be using in, in your marketing efforts. That's, yeah, that's a great uh, way to look at it. And I think for anybody listening or, or watching, you know, if, if you're a marketing agency and you're not working with a video strategy company, maybe it's worthwhile to do so because you can have those conversations. I think they're important if you're a business owner and you're hiring a video production company. And you know, like I said in the past, it's not bad to hire a video production company, but if they can do strategy and they can help you lay that out, you don't have to make them all this year, but you can at least have an idea. You know, I was having a conversation with a client the other day where you know, I, I said that, um, you know, we're going to go through this. We're, we're building out a strategy for them. We're going through a strategy session. And I said, you know, we're going to come up with concepts for videos that you guys need to have to be able to achieve your goals. And we're going to list them all out. And then in order of priority, I'm going to like lay them out. And not just, and I said, it's going to be surprising to you because it's not going to be like, you know, number one priority, work with Flex Media and pay them to make all these videos. No, it's going to be like, you know, maybe this user-generated content is something you need to focus on next. Maybe you guys need to start doing some behind-the-scenes DIY, what's going on in your shop, you know, and then maybe maybe a testimonial with Flex Media is important. So this way it kind of gives you this opportunity to, like, lay out all those options mm-hmm. and how does it feed into the strategy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it can be, I mean, it could, it could be beyond a year or, you know, mm-hmm. it could be your five-year plan, whatever, and then you're able to, you know, as, as budget allows, mm-hmm. too, you're able to kind of check the next thing off on the list. Yeah, so. exactly. So going into that a little bit more, you know, we talked about some of the um, product videos and and things that people were focusing on. So it seemed a lot of people were doing um, product education, brand awareness, customer engagement, generating leads um, and and driving sales. Those were really the things that that people were trying to do. They want to educate a customer about their product. They want more awareness of their brand. They want better engagement with customers. They want leads and sales. Um, and they found that the most effective videos to do that were videos about products or webinars or educational videos. And those all really earned the most engagement um, in 2022. And we see a lot of companies using video for product education. I think that that, that is a really great use because you can you know, it's just easier to learn about a product when you can see it and you can see it move mm-hmm. or you could see it in use or, you know, you see customers using it in applications where maybe, you know, you could have the same experience. So that wasn't surprising to me that that video, I think, you know, is great for a lot of things, but definitely for product education. I mean, I think that's in line with anybody that's, you know, watched or listened to the episode with the Zangardis. That's why I'm not surprised. Like demand gen, like mm-hmm. users, they, they want this content and they don't want to gate it and they want to be able to learn and they want to be able to you know, purchase products and take their own buyer's journey and not have to talk with the salesperson. So, you know, I, f- I feel like these stats, you know, I feel like we're going to see this trending. This is going to continue to be a trend. And I think businesses, if they're not already doing that, they're going to be like, we need to get our products on um, on our website. And I, I think from a sales point of view for us as a company, you know, I, I do a lot of prospecting. And if I've ever reached out to you, it's because I, I've been to your website and I've, I've seen you know, the content that you have. And I think that there's a possibility for us to work with you and, and help you make better, maybe better videos or may, maybe lay a plan out. So um, please don't uh, hang up on me or, you know, <laughs> send me negative emails. But um, 
but I've, I've noticed as I've been going through prospecting, it's been getting tougher for me as, as a, a salesperson for our company because there are a lot of people that are making content, mm -hmm. you know, so before pre-pandemic, there was, it was easy because you go to a company and say, you're not creating any product videos and this is important for you to have, or you don't have testimonial videos and these are important for you to have because you need to convince and convert your customers. And now like I'm seeing them done, which is great. So now it's getting a little tougher because now I actually have to dive into a strategy and strategic, I guess, end of things and, and kind of say, okay, you have this product video, you have this testimonial, these are great, but the way you have them laid out on your site isn't effective for people that are on a customer journey or you only highlight these specific things and there's more things that you could be touching on to help these people make a better decision. So yeah. these conversations get more strategic. So it, it definitely is trending that direction. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and as you get more strategic, I think that the next point is interesting because mm -hmm. it's talking about ROI because, you know, you want to, you want to make decisions based off of what has worked well for you. And so I know ROI in marketing is kind of, is traditionally been kind of hard to um, establish or gauge in general, but I feel mm -hmm. like in an increasingly digital world, there's actually lots of tools you can use to assess your ROI. So um, in Wistia's report, companies measured success by looking for increases in their sales conversions, by increases in their website traffic. And by uh, more social engagement, like more followers, I know that's something that, you know, we were kind of gauging. We were doing a, more social uh, posting and just seeing more followers come in. Um, and then, of course, video increases the time on your web on your website, mm -hmm. your homepage, um, and then better SEO rankings. And also, 38% of companies said that the engagement rate, so how much time a customer actually spent with your video, um, was the most important performance indicator. And I think that it's good that people are starting to look at, at engagement um, because a lot of times people were just looking at views and mm -hmm. views aren't always an accurate measure. I mean, we're called watch time <laughs> because, mm -hmm. because um, you know, we want to see how much time people actually watch your video to see how effective it is. So mm -hmm. um, I, I that made me excited to kind of see that people are finding ways to gauge ROI with video and they're looking at maybe some of the right metrics on um, different platforms. Yeah, that's exciting. I, to your point, like, I just think this conversation, that I mean, we've had these conversations, we were having them back in 2016 and 17 and like 18 and like we're talking about like people that were obsessed with views yeah. and how views were a vanity metric. And at that time, there was not an effective way to track everything. And these are effective ways to track things. So I think it's great that more people are looking at that. I, I I will say, you know, for anybody that's that's you know watching us, I think it's great to track and see the performance of content. However, don't get obsessed with tracking performance because kind of going back to demand gen and dark social with the Zingardis, you know, it's it's a hard thing or not to say a hard thing, it's a trap that you fall into mm -hmm. because sometimes you can't exactly pinpoint whether or not video is the driving force behind your sale or whether or not video is the most effective part of your sales funnel. And, you know, that's something that I know Josh and I were actually having a conversation about maybe a couple of weeks ago where, you know, it's it all kind of flows in a weird direction now and there is no direct path to purchase. There's like kind of like, I think Vanessa Zangardi posted this on on uh, LinkedIn, so shout out to her. 
for this, and I I loved it. It was like the the map was like all over the place. Like it used to be like this nice fl fluid fluid map, and then the new map was like all scribbles. And it makes sense because you know you may find out about a product on social media, and then you may go to a website and watch that video, and then get some more information. And then you may subscribe to an email list, or maybe you go and you you know look at testimonials, written testimonials. And then maybe, you know, like you're kind of on the fence and then, you know, what ends up happening is you end up finding a product review specifically, like maybe on, if it's a product, you go on Amazon or something. And that's the the driving force that like gets you to buy the product. So video was a part of that journey, but it's not showing as the part that actually delivered the return on investment. And I feel like I understand the pressure that like some of these CMOs are under with the you know, with the rest of the C-suite where they're like, you have to be able to prove that these videos are effective. Otherwise, we're just not spending the money on them anymore. So, mm -hmm. you know, just realize that, like, it's great that more people are digging into this. But I also sometimes worry that, like, this is the CEO and the CFO and the COO's chance to be like, yeah, but you know what? Your, that video that you created and you spent $10,000 on, it's not effective. So we're not doing that anymore. No, I mean, that's that's a great point. It is, it, it is you know, scrutinized because mm -hmm. people want to, you know, see a direct result. But again, I mean, if you if you write a blog, which I know, you know, is, is not as much of an investment as video or but, you know, if how how. You, that's just a part of your strategy. Yes. You know, as long as like you're you're educating the customer, you're moving them along in the journey. Like video is another way to do that. Mm -hmm. And from all of those pieces, you may see more sales or maybe better understanding of your product or more mm -hmm. followers. Um, but there really is no like be all end all silver bullet like no. kind of way to assess video success. I do have a prediction and I mean it's kind of already here but I'm I so it's a safe prediction. I'm throwing it out for <laughs> like from 2023 to the future. You know, video I've said before it's no longer a nice to have. It is a must have mm -hmm. and eventually this whole ROI of was it worth what we spent to like create that video? I think some of that is going to start to go out the window to some extent. I mean, I think for bigger campaigns you're going to want to track it. But I think that like the ROI on standard videos that are being used on websites and like social media content, I think that stuff's going to start to go away. And my only reason I think this um, or like the the need to like obsess over that is because if you think about photography, when was the last time you've ever met a marketer that was like, what was the ROI on that photo that we had the photographer take? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy when you compare it to other assets like that, yeah. you know? So I, I just think it's going to be, it's going to be something like, you know, you need to have a website. Yeah. You need to have photos on that website. I mean, that's why people have brand sessions for with photographers when they like go into business, they don't have anything they can show yet. Mm -hmm. You know, you've been to those websites where it's like, you know, the person sitting at their desk or on their phone or, you know, they're not like actually doing what they do. It's because yeah. they don't have any photo assets of them doing that, but they need to have something to show like, hi, real person here, real human doing business with you. Yeah. And I think video is going to be that next step too. I agree, and I think that there that actually ties in with um, another stat that we're going to discuss later on why it's really a must-have. Okay. Um, but going into number four, so 2022 was also a big year for going live. So 80% of marketers held live events in 2022, and these were mostly webinars, online training, virtual conferences, internal meetings. Um, so I thought that was kind of a cool point to see. I, I think. 
maybe in the beginning, as people were were starting to play around with things, there was a little bit of hesitation to go live. But mm-hmm. it's nice to see that you know maybe people are getting more comfortable with it and trying something new. Yeah. So no, it's a good point. I mean, I think the pandemic helped us with that. Yeah, I, I do. I think that. I mean, there are a lot of people that thought that they could only deliver their their webinar in person. Mm-hmm. I think that they're seeing that. You know. Eh, you know, it's tough. I feel like everyone talks about the pandemic slowed everything down and it did. I personally feel, I think we've had this conversation. I feel like it has come back and everything is like come back twice as fast now. Yeah. So I think now that like, I think that, you know, for a while there, it was kind of nice, like in the sense of, it was COVID was horrible, but it was nice that like, you know, you could spend time with your immediate family and relax and get fitness in and things like that. But now I feel like a lot of people, I keep seeing articles, more and more people are returning to the office. Yeah. Um, more and more people are having greater demand and pressure put on them. Uh, there's there's a shortage of um, skilled talent. So, like, they're, they're spreading jobs out and putting more on people. And I think that having these webinars, the reason why they're so effective and you're seeing more people do it is maybe you can't go to the webinar, but you can attend it virtually while you're working. So mm-hmm. you're doing essentially four things at once. Mm-hmm. And then if you miss something, you can watch the recap later. So not surprised, but I'm glad to see that people are embracing it. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I've also talked to a lot of people that uh, like webinars because if, yeah, if they, if they can atti- attend the live version, great. If they can attend mm-hmm. the recorded version, great. But it is something that's just very approachable and easy for people to access from their desk or couch yeah. or wherever. Um, so it's, it's great to see more people kind of playing around with that. Um, number five was that 60.5% of people said they do not do AB testing. And to me, I mean, I just, that's, that's over half. Like people mm-hmm. are putting all these videos out, but like, they're not really looking at they're not really using it uh, as a way to kind of gauge their video performance. And like, they're not really, they're missing the opportunity to look at what's resonating with the audience. So just for people that we have talked about AB testing, but just for people that aren't familiar, did you want to kind of explain mm-hmm. AB testing and why we think it's important? Yeah. It's AB testing. Also, it's also known as split testing. Um, one thing to note is, you know, Wistia has this built into their platform where you can literally drop in, you know, different videos, different descriptions, different photos, and, and it, it will split test it for you. Um, I don't know. I, we don't run enough social ads on on Facebook and stuff like that or YouTube, things like that, to know how that works on the platform because we do more of the content creation side. But basically, some of those platforms may have that ability too. And all that's happening is um, you're basically having two different – maybe it's the same video with um, a different ending or a different hook mm-hmm. at the beginning – Maybe it's the same video, but it has different thumbnails. Maybe it's the same video with different thumbnails and different descriptions. So it's like trying to see what the audience is um, going to go for. And there, I know there are some ad options for that where you can like basically run two separate ads. I mean, this is usually kind of how it was working on Facebook for a while. You would run a couple variations of ads and then you would give them all the same budget and whichever one was more successful you would pump more money into that ad spend. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what this is having allowing you to do. I mean, I'm not really surprised that like it's under that many only mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of people don't know what it is yeah. and they don't know how to use it. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're guilty of not really using it to its full potential with our own stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, hopefully, I mean, 
anybody that's that's listening, if you're a marketer and you know how to do this very well, like there is a gap in the market and it's time to capitalize on that. It is. I mean, I guess maybe it's not exactly split testing, but I feel like what we do do is um, just take a look at what is doing well. Like, like for instance, one thing we were looking at with our social content was that we realized when we shared personal things about our team, those mm-hmm. posted really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so even stuff like that, where it's like you're trying different types of content too. Like, I don't know yeah. if it's like exactly the definition of split testing because I know it's supposed to be kind of the same. Yeah. But but just testing different content and 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 seeing like you know do do people respond better to the posts with videos mm-hmm. or the ones with you know, more about your product or the ones with your team, like what kind of content are, are people responding to? Yeah, no, I think that that's, you're right. That's the way it should be done. I mean, I, I feel like one thing to, we're kind of doing this now. I mean, so, you know, anybody that's listening, like we were just having this conversation the other day, like we're trying to figure out um, how to utilize chat GPT within video marketing and video production. So we've been using chat GPT, at least I've been using it to which is create. an AI platform. Yes, right. it's an AI platform. Uh, if you if you haven't heard of ChatGPT, you might be under been living under a rock. So lift that up and look it up. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the world. Because <laughs> I feel great. like it's everywhere. Yeah, um, yeah. I did. I didn't hear about it for you know for a long time, and then all of a sudden when I did, like I'm hearing about it from everybody. Yeah, it's. I feel like there's been memes. I follow the uh, market. Is it marketing millennials? And uh, if you don't, if you're a marketer or you do marketing for a business, you want to. If you're not following them, follow them. It's funny, but it's. They're like having all these memes about people like, have you heard of Chat, chat GPT? And they're like, you like just have like, I think it's the uh, the Tony Stark, like, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, but we've been using that to like write some descriptions and like prompting it. And I've been like combining things and I've been having it help me with um, keywords and long tail keywords and I'm hashtags. And I've just been experimenting and, you know, not just copy and pasting directly. Um, I have done it a couple of times just because I was curious to see if that changed the performance of things. But, you know, just to make it so it's one less thing that, you know, you have to do when we're putting things together, but then also like how can we effectively use it and what's its capabilities for our clients. So I feel like that's one version of what you're saying. Like mm-hmm. we're just testing it out. We're seeing like, you know, did the one that ChatGPT wrote, right, perform better? Did the one that we edited perform better? You know, did these hashtags that it generated, were they better hashtags? So I think, you know, really just, you know, if you're if you're listening to this, you know, you're already a, an inquisitive person like mm-hmm. you, you want to do better with your marketing video marketing particularly so test some things out yeah test some, <laughs> I feel like that's something we, we definitely talked about before too just people want to get things perfect and they want to do things exactly right and I think mm-hmm. that inhibits them from trying out video and, and it really is just you know there is an element of having some fun with it and kind of just seeing what people respond to because every audience is different too so yeah hit the record button yeah hit the record button and just do it <laughs> Okay, number six. So this I thought was interesting to us, you know, as a video production marketing company, Mm -hmm. was that more companies are upping their video marketing budgets. Um, Most are allocating at least 10% of their marketing budgets for video. And in 2023, one in seven companies are thinking about making a heavier investment in video. So people are definitely putting more dollars towards video creation. However, what I thought was interesting, a good portion of companies are a little bit um, unsure or or not making any changes to their budget because of economic uncertainty, like are we going to go into recession or not? And so actually 40% of companies feel unsure about their moves for 2023. So there is a lot of uncertainty with, you know, market conditions. Um, So, you know, I don't know, it's, it's good to hear like some 
companies are probably like really seeing the value from video or increasing their budgets, mm-hmm. but a lot of people are still on the fence about it. Yeah, I mean, I I get it. Like I, you know, I worry about a recession. Like I'm mean, quite honestly, I worry about it every day because you know, like whenever we have to purchase something, I'm like, was that the smart move to make, mm-hmm. or do we need to do that right now? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess to me, it's always hard. Like when you when you look at these recessions that like we've had as a country, or you look at like you know economic uncertainty of any kind. And companies, I, I always feel like their immediate thing is like, let's throttle back the marketing. Yeah, they do, which is really crazy because, I mean, that's so much of like your push to get business. Yeah. That's like your front lines. Let's cut know? the department that actually generate, that, you know, that, that allows us to have brand presence and yeah. help us like get business. Like, you know, and if you think about sales and marketing and, you know, and I, it, um, Zingardi's did a great podcast on this for their uh, demand and brand. And like, I think Patrick said like, you know, we're not, I'm, I'm taking it back. I'm not calling it like marketing and sales. It's, it's together. It is. Yeah. It is. And if if you cut your marketing, essentially what you're doing, like if you think about it in terms of like, um, I don't know, I, you know, I love giving like examples. If you think about it in terms of like the military or something like that, you have, you have dispatched your soldiers with no weapons, you know, and that's what you're doing. Like, so, you know, it's, I would say like, yeah, you have to be careful because you want to make sure that you take care of your employees and your company. Sure. But you also like I feel like when you run into these situations, now is the time to keep your marketing budget. Maybe don't increase it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people were not sure unsure if they would increase it. Yeah. But keep that marketing budget steady. Yeah. Um, for those of you that are increasing, you know, your video marketing budget, like I totally get that because I Yay. feel like yeah, it's exciting <laughs> Yay. news. Obviously we're biased. <laughs> but no, I think that's great because I, you know, you're you're going to be making more noise. That's yeah. what, like what your budget allows for. You know, if, if if things are, you know, becoming more uncertain or there is a recession, like you don't want to go quiet. I feel yeah. like that's just going to hurt your company. So yeah, well, and, you know, if you think about it like this, like people that are doing like like um, in person events and stuff, you know, maybe cut your presence back at the event a little bit, but mm-hmm. then maybe do a webinar. You know, like yeah. and budget for maybe you know just trying to come up with a way that you can essentially do a little bit, I guess, I don't know, do a little bit more with video and maybe you can even use it strategically to help you save some costs. Yeah, definitely. There's another way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Number seven was that, um, I think this, this is a really good one because, you know, all people are, are producing more videos, but then it comes, you know, you also have to consider how, how often are you putting content out there? That's another mm-hmm. really important piece of the puzzle. So 60% of companies were producing videos once a month mm-hmm. and 30% were creating videos weekly. And I, I mean, I like to see that. I, I'm glad, I think like once a month is a, a great place to start to really start, you know, see some results because mm-hmm. you can't, we talk about all the time, you can't just put a video out there and expect it to just you know, revolutionize your business and get all these, you know, it is a strategy. You need to keep putting mm-hmm. content out there. Um, and kudos to the 30% that are putting out videos weekly. I, yeah. I think that, you know, that it takes a lot of planning and, and time. Um, but I'm glad to see more companies really trying to make an effort with consistency. Yeah. I think, cons- yeah, that's that right there. Consistency is the key, you mm-hmm. know? And I mean, I mean, we've, we've, we've gone back and forth on, how often we should put out certain pieces of content for us. We've talked with clients. You know, I, I think a lot of it comes down to budget. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you can have one piece of content a month, then you can get that in your budget and it works, then that's, yeah. you know, that's great. And then you can eventually see the the benefit to that. And maybe you can do biweekly and then weekly and then daily yeah. and hourly and whatever. Yeah, whatever is, you, you know? want to do. But yeah, that slow increase. Like, yes. you know, um, so... 
I, I thought that was interesting and, it, and good to see. It is tough too. like, I, to your point, like, yeah, like to the people that like are doing it weekly, mm-hmm. like we do this weekly and yeah. I was, you know, like we, we don't do all of our posting, but we do some of our posting and like I was up this morning um, on my computer by 6.30 a.m. and I was spent about two hours posting watch time so the world could have watch time. Yeah, so. and I fe- I actually was against the idea of releasing these weekly. Like, I was hesitant about it. So, um, you know, I just didn't know if we had the capacity to do that, but we but we were able to do it. We, we kind of, um, we recorded a lot of these mm-hmm. ahead of time. I feel like that's really key, just working ahead mm-hmm. um, so that you do have enough kind of backlog to be able to produce consistent content. Um, and you proved me wrong. So <laughs> oh, good job. But um, we're not overlooking the effort because yeah. we do it ourselves. So yeah. So yeah, keep that up. Good mm-hmm. work. And yeah, consistency, consistency yes. and consistency. Consistency is key. Um, number eight. So going into video length next. Um, most videos in 2022 opening up a can of worms. I know it is. I mean, even within the report (laughs) itself, like when I was reading it, I was like, oh, okay. So short form content is the thing. And then later on, I was like, oh, it seems like long-term long form content (laughs) is the key. So there's a lot of different ways to look at this. Um, but some of the statistics that they released was that, uh, in 2022, most videos that were at least made and put on their platform were short form and they were under 60 seconds. And then, um, and also videos kind of, I guess the not as short form, maybe medium form, uh, were between five and 30 minutes. And, uh, those were really popular. The, those two, uh, sections, segments. Mm-hmm. Um, but people also continue to invest in long form videos that were about 30 minutes long or even longer because when you're looking at some of the webinar content mm-hmm. and those educational trainings, those were a little bit longer and useful too. So um, actually long form video content is one of the fastest growing uh, segments and highest performing videos. And I guess like my note on this was just, it depends on your purpose. You mm-hmm. know, like we always say, the video should be long enough to keep the viewer's uh, attention while also being able or short enough to keep their attention and concise enough, but long enough to tell your story and get out the information Mm -hmm. that you need to. So, um, you know, and we've been talking a lot about short form content and that's definitely growing on a lot of social media Mm -hmm. sites, but I feel like you can't um, ignore the uses for longer form video too. It's always a thing video link. Like people want that magic number, but it really varies. I just, I know like we'll, we'll work with so many clients and I just, I think it was Todd Hartley that said this and I like, I, I'm pretty sure I steal it all the time. It's like, they're waiting for me to like pull them aside and like, just like, come here, let me make sure nobody's listening. Yeah. I'll tell you that. This is a secret. It is 32.76 is the, if you keep it magic number right there, like, and it's just, I don't know, like, we've talked about this before and I, I just, I'm going to beat this drum again. Like it, to your point, it is the use case Mm -hmm. and it is like, you are buying people's time. Mm -hmm. You know, what is your, you're not going to watch an hour long video to purchase a pair of shoes. You know what I mean? I'm not going to watch an hour long video from Nike to buy a pair of running shoes. You know, I might watch, you know, five minutes. I might watch 10 minutes, you know, depending on how expensive the shoes are, if they're, 
you know, if they're over $100 running shoes and I want to make sure I'm buying the best, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to watch it. If I'm if I'm like just like, why well, I just need a pair of shoes because I need to just run in something, you know, I'm going to run down to insert big box store mm-hmm. and I'm going to spend $20. You're not you're not going to get me for five to 10 minutes and you're definitely not going to get me for an hour. But, you know, if I'm going to purchase um Great example, you know, video cameras, right? Yeah. If if we're going to pur- purchase a cinema camera that's over $50,000, like I'm going to sit in on a webinar for a good hour and a half to two hours. And, yeah. you know, like I'm going to sit there and let Sony or Ari or whoever read, like be like, let us walk you through the features of our camera. Like, yeah, I'm about to drop $50,000. I'm like, you, yeah, walk me through the features of these cameras. Exactly. I mean, I think that that is one way to look at it. Like, what is the monetary investment mm-hmm. that you're trying to get people to make? And the greater it is, maybe the more information you got to provide them and the longer the video to get them to make that decision. Yeah. And that's not to say that you can't have short form, you know, like mm-hmm. obviously like, you know, companies, I mean, think about like Mercedes Benz, you know, they're doing commercials, yeah. you know, so, you know, People are investing in in buying a Mercedes, although arguably maybe when you have Mercedes money, you don't really care as much about watching an hour (laughs) long (laughs) webinar. But, but, you know, like the thing is, is like, you know, you need to have a variety of content. So, you know, when you if you're working with, um, you know, somebody and they're telling you like you only need short form, they're wrong. If you're working with somebody that you only need long form, they're wrong. Like Mm -hmm. it's really a mix, you know, like you're saying. And and I just think that um, the problem is, is. If, if videos were free or inexpensive, yeah. then people would not care about the length. I do think part of it is, I think the two things that affect why people care so much about length is the cost, um, whether that be the cost of a video production company or the cost of their time mm-hmm. and the number of views. Because everyone, it's, I think deep down, everyone's worried about views. Like, yeah. you know, because I mean, I'm guilty of it. Like, I just checked our reels earlier because I was like, oh, I wonder how many views that video yeah, got we posted yeah. this morning. I know, <laughs> we know? were just talking about it. But like, you, yeah, people do look at views or or even if you're looking at, um, you know, watch time or engagement, yeah. you know, how long people are watching for. Um, yeah, people want to see those results. When there's value, like, I, I mean, like, I know I just like basically just just on metrics a second ago, but I mean, there is value in that respect to still check those things. Cause like we've posted LinkedIn videos that are, you know, five, six minutes long. And I get a little, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I get a little nervous. Like is somebody going to watch this? And like, I've, you know, checked on them and they'll have like maybe 120 views. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, that's not great. But yeah. then, you know, the other day they're five minutes long. So keeping that in mind. And I think they had it had 100, 125 views. And then when I saw the stats come back, it said something like um, it had about 215 minutes watched. Mm-hmm. So when you do that math, I mean, yeah. I think it ends up being like everyone's it's a five minute video. So everyone's getting about halfway through, which obviously isn't true. So mm-hmm. there's a good chunk of people that are watching it till the end. That's yeah. an awesome thing to know. Yeah. That, that is where the real value is yeah. because th- then you are demonstrating that your content is relevant to your, uh, to your viewers, yeah. you know, or the, or the viewers that are watching, like that's relevant to them. So, mm-hmm. um, so I think, yeah, that's, that's a, always a whole, a whole discussion, but I mean, maybe some things are like, if you've done the shorter form content, maybe try something longer. If, if, if you feel like there's, um, an, a purpose, like if you have something that, you know, would require a longer form video, or if you've done longer form webinars, maybe you try like breaking things down into chunks and doing mm-hmm. some shorter form on, you know, bits of that on social media or something. So, yeah, good know. point. We do that with watch time. Yeah. Follow us. <laughs> exactly. Watch some of the chunks exactly. of it. Exactly. <laughs> watch, watch the chunks. Oh gosh. 
Okay, so two more. So now we're getting into video distribution, which I always think is interesting too, because you know you spend this money, you get the, you know you create this video, like, but the implementation of it is also always so important of um, you know really its success. Like you got to think about what you're going to do with it. Mm-hmm. So seventy three percent of marketers actually uh, customize their video player before embedding their videos, and um, this could include things like doing a custom thumbnail, watermark, uh, different coloring. Mm-hmm. And obviously, again, Wistia is, you know, like a, a video platform, a video player. But I guess what I kind of want to touch on here is can you explain, like, I still feel like there's a, a misconception of, like, why why not just put the video on YouTube and, like, put that link on your website? Like, can you explain the advantage, yeah. like, what a video player is and the mm-hmm. advantages of that? Yeah. So no, first of all, off, um, like when you're explaining that, I'm thinking like all the YouTube users that are like, I can't customize my player. <laughs> like, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You can't customize your player. You're right. Yeah. Um, so, okay. First off, if you invest in a third party player, which like a Wistia or mm-hmm. a Vidyard or, you know, insert other, I think video hippo or there's all kinds of them out there. But yeah. I think the, the two that we often talk about is Wistia and Vidyard because it's kind of bigger in our video marketing circles. Um, if you invest in that, like that doesn't mean you don't post on YouTube. So YouTube being the second largest search engine and being owned by Google, your videos need to be on there. Great example, this podcast, Watch Time. Watch Time is on um, YouTube. Watch Time is on Podbean, and then which then distributes the audio version to all the different um, platforms for listening. So if you're listening to us, we're on Podbean, and you just got it through because we've subscribed to all these different feeds. Mm-hmm. Um like I said, it's on YouTube. It's on our website. We have it uh, flexmediacle.com backslash watch time. We have an embedded Vimeo file there where we can swap, swap out the video each week. So the video is there. And then we embed the YouTube file into the um, podcast, like the actual um, blog post. Mm-hmm. So we don't actually use Wistia on our site. And that is a decision that we made. Well, I guess I made because um, there's benefit to it. But um, it's just a lot for us to post all of our stuff, like to all these different locations. So I just figured Vimeo was a little bit easier of a move because we already subscribed to it. But basically, I guess on this big long I asked, answer. I asked you like a 30-minute question. I know. And I asked you to do it in like a minute. So, so this, this <laughs> big long answer. Yeah. So the third party is important, and I will tell you why. So we actually are Vidyard users and we're Wistia users, so <laughs> we don't use either one for this. But basically, the third-party platform is important because what it does for your website is when Google's bots crawl your site, it first off notices that this third-party content belongs to you. So when you embed a YouTube video on your site or a Vimeo video on your site, that could be anybody's video. So in the eyes of Google, you don't have user-generated content on your site. You are putting content from Vimeo or YouTube on your site. When you put that Wistia video on there, it identifies it as you created this content, you own it, because the only way you can embed that is if you have access to the player. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. So that actually improves website SEO from a video perspective. You are creating more content than somebody who's just dropping their YouTube files on there. Yeah. That's so number one. SEO cred. Yep. So you get juicing that site up with some SEO. Mm-hmm. So um, the second thing is the player, which you can do with Vimeo. And that's huge because 
you can make it match the colors of your site. You don't have to have the YouTube red. You can have, you know, your brand colors. You can have your logo in the corner. More importantly for us, the reason why I like um, using something like Vimeo or a third party is because you don't have suggested videos that pop up after the fact. Yeah. You can have your videos pop up after the fact or have no video pop up. Or yeah. you can put a call to action form that drops down. You can collect email addresses. You can you could do a lot more with it. So that's really why this is such a different thing. Um, Wistia has some unique features that I, I really find interesting. They have a platform that when you subscribe, so first off, um, it may change. I don't even know if it's gone up now, but Wistia is $100 a month to be able to just have the basic user. You can get a free user, but you can't take advantage of all the, the, the uh, stuff. And yeah. stuff. Yeah. And so it's $100. And then after you hit 10 videos, I think it's like so many, like 25 cents or 75 cents per video after that. So you see it adds up. Mm -hmm. But what's great about it is you can see more analytics. You could do the split testing where it actually, I believe, does the A-B testing for you just on the same embed code. And then they have this really cool feature that I get really excited about. I just haven't found a use case for us yet. They have an embed code where you drop one code in your website. And what it does is it embeds a page that's almost like a Netflix. It allows you to like binge and like watch things and like it allows you to like choose different videos like from them. So like we could basically have our own little Netflix for, you know, flex media content. And it's really neat. And because it's one embed code, it doesn't take long for the site to load. So that's the one concern when you drop all these YouTube codes in your site. Every time you open that site page, you're calling all those codes up and all those videos have to load and they're coming from YouTube. Yeah. So that's one thing that like having a third party player like Wistia having like that page, if you have a lot of videos that might be worthwhile doing, mm -hmm. you can embed a player where you just have multiple videos come up. Um, you can do this through YouTube too. But once again, you know, like you can embed your actual like playlist. Yeah. But then what will end up happening is, you know, you're getting suggested videos. So that's really the main difference. Now, like I said, <laughs> coming all the way back around. Yeah. If you have the third party player, you still want to be on YouTube because you want to be picked up in Google search. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that was a great just kind of condensed version because I know that was a big question I asked <laughs> you. Um, but just in case people weren't familiar, you know, with mm -hmm. the concept of, of, you know, video player, um, it, it's again, it could help your SEO. Um, it's it is branded more aesthetically pleasing. Maybe you're not getting that big like play button in the middle. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't you're, it doesn't look, you know, as maybe almost like spammy sometimes when you're yeah. getting random YouTube videos in there. And then you're able to access all these different features and analytics and, and you know, really see, assess your video performance and collect I mean, different leads. Strategically, like, what are you trying to do too? Because you can remove the, like, you can hit the, have the play button. Yeah. And you can remove, like, where you can actually watch the video um, progress. And you can remove the pause button. You can remove the feature to be able to, like, speed up your voice. Like, because maybe you just want them to press play and just watch the messaging and not be distracted. Mm -hmm. So you can do that with it as well. I mean, it's it's a very powerful tool. Um, I encourage people, like, get the free version, try it out, see what you could do with it. Yeah. Um, and I apologize for that long answer. It's a Friday here, so we're... You know, we're going to go through some other questions so you guys can rest your brain after this. So I'm sorry if anyone's <laughs> no. like brain is broken after I just did this long explanation. I think I think it was important just to cover the basics. Maybe we do another podcast on that. You know, maybe yeah. that's a topic we can go into. Um, so the final number 10, again, with video distribution was that uh, videos have performed the best on LinkedIn, on YouTube, Facebook 
and then Instagram and TikTok was last. And I just found this very surprising, um, but maybe it's not as surprising once we kind of look at it. Like I know in the last couple of years, like LinkedIn was really going to be pushing video content more heavily um, when they allowed you, you mm-hmm. know, to upload that. I was surprised TikTok was so low, um, but maybe it's because there's so many, so much, you know, it's all video, like there's more well, competition. Like what is your your insight on all, on that? I'm not surprised. I think, I think TikTok's low because it's not viewed as a B2B platform. And these are, a lot of these are like, or I don't say B2B, it's, it's, you know, B2B or B2C necessarily. Like I'd say a year ago, brands were not, and I think we might've talked with the Zangardis about this, whether it was on the podcast or before when we were like throwing out all this marketing stuff, but brands were not viewing themselves as, or viewing TikTok as being a, we need to have a brand channel. Cause they just, they didn't feel like they could be there. They didn't know how to be there. And I mean, I've been hearing video marketers preach this like constantly. I think Todd Hartley was doing it for a little bit there. And um, people were just saying like, if you're not on TikTok now, you're missing an opportunity because, you know, brands are going to be on there and you have the opportunity to like jump in. So I think a lot of these people, if they're using Wistia, their their businesses, and they didn't feel like it was time. I think since that that time, it's shifting this year. I've seen a lot more brands on TikTok. Um, I do think that the LinkedIn's not surprising because to your point, like LinkedIn was really trying to like LinkedIn's like Facebook five years ago. Like they're yeah. trying to like push like all this like stuff. their algorithms were yeah. literally meant to be pushing more video. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I so I'm not surprised there. And I, I think a lot of that, like we're trying to get some of that juice out of it right now, too, because mm-hmm. we, we were kind of doing it, but not as actively. And now we've got the consistency down. And I think that if you're not taking advantage of it, like take advantage of it post, get that juice now, because what they're going to do is they're going to wait until people are using it a lot and relying on it. Then they're going to throttle it back and they're going to say, buy an ad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly what's going to happen. So, I mean, again, I think that, you know, it depends on who you're trying to reach and, you know, maybe where your audience is um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, what makes the most sense for your business. Um, But you know, might take a little bit of of uh, trial and error to kind of see what platform works best for you. I would say YouTube definitely is like, yeah, uh, for anybody listening, yeah, I would get on YouTube, even if it's short form. I mean, I, I don't know about super short form. I mean, test it out. Like I, I always tell people like try three to five minutes is probably really good for YouTube. But I, you know, I listened to a couple different podcasts and like video creators. And one of them was talking about YouTube the other day and was talking about how like they're investing in their strategy because like, like bang for your buck, like YouTube's like, it's been around for so long and it's continuing to be around and it's not going anywhere and they're doing more and people are watching it more. Mm -hmm. So they're finding that content they posted 10 years ago is still getting views today. So that's huge. I mean, you could create a piece of content today and if YouTube is continuing on forward, which I really do believe it is Mm -hmm. into the next 10 to 15 years, the way it is, like somebody could watch your piece of content that you put out today, find you, go to your website, learn more about you. And then now you have another, you know, business, like I guess client or prospect and all because you created something like 10 years ago. So yeah, that's true. That's put true. it on YouTube. People will go back, you know, and watch, if they like your stuff that you're putting out today, then they'll mm-hmm. go back and, you know, take a, take a look at 
some of your past content. I have to say, so for everybody that's hung in with us this long, this is like some old school watch time lengthwise I know, here. I know it's long, <laughs> but I do. I hope everyone agrees. Like I do feel like it's important to go through these. And yeah, thank you so much for hanging on with us. I mean, hopefully this gives you an idea of some of the trends that are going on. And if you're mm -hmm. like, you know, I didn't know about AB testing. I didn't know about, you know, like I didn't think about going live. Like hopefully it gives you some ideas. Um, Wistia did end by saying that um, although they've seen increases in uploads, plays, and minutes watch, um, or decreases in, in um, uploads, plays, and minutes watch, like we talked in the beginning, um, and these levels are still above what we saw before the pandemic in 2019. Mm -hmm. And so they just say, time will tell if the business video landscape changed, leaving us. <laughs> but it's true, like we don't, you know, we kind of don't know. But the only thing that we do know is um, that brands are planning on making more video content in 2023. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, going back again, like you, I think the message here is that you don't want to be left out or fall behind. 69% no. of businesses said they were more likely to make more videos this year. So, um, and one in three is investing more in social social media video. So yeah. really, you know, if, if you haven't, taking the step already to try doing some video with your business like now is really the time where you're gonna be left behind yeah i agree and i mean i just want to like i did when i was reading the the report too like i noticed like that definitely had that hockey stick where it was coming here and then it shot up yes i mean I, when when they released the report they were like oh well we actually saw a decrease from 2020 i'm like well no kidding everything was shut down and everyone was using video to communicate mm -hmm. so not really surprised but you know people's budgets changed and they were back to in-person events and doing things like that. And so they wanted to like reallocate the budget so they didn't have as much money to throw into it. So I think, yeah, I mean, I'm glad to see the levels are still higher than 2019. I think 2020, like COVID showed people that video is a must. And I think that's not going to change. And to your point, like for those of you that are watching, like this is a phone. Try and, it out. <laughs> yeah. For those of you that are listening, I held up my phone hit record, try and make something like you don't, you know, and even if you're unsure, if you want to invest in video right now, and you just kind of want to try and do something to see, like, start off by making reels for your your business, start off by making, doing Instagram stories. They're, they're great things to start experimenting with, um, you know, or contact somebody like us and just, you know, you don't necessarily have to pay a video strategist for video production services, but you could, have a discovery call or you can learn about video strategy or maybe have a strategy put together. So that might be a little more affordable and in your wheelhouse. Um, but I, I don't know. I definitely, I think this was, a, this was a packed episode. It was, there's a lot in here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a, a lot in here to, to kind of, you know, get some ideas for what your business will do this year. And I think for anybody that's, that's listening or watching, you know, we unpack so much and we want to hear from you because I, I'm sure there are questions. Like I have questions and I yeah. was the one answering questions with Kathy. <laughs> so um, shoot us an email, info at flexmediacle.com and let us know if there's any questions you had from this because I'm happy to jump back on and do a follow-up to it. We'll do like a continued with questions or, you know, drop us some questions, you know, on the, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, drop it below and I'll monitor that and we'll add those to the list and we'll, you know, start answering some of your questions and trying to help you create more effective videos in 2023. Yeah, go ahead. You know, you feel free to look at the Wissia report yourself on their website and we'd love to we'll be link able, it in the show notes. We'll too. link it in the show notes. Yes. Um, but again, thank you so much for holding on with us and uh, we look forward to your questions and comments. Thanks for listening to Watch Time. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And remember to like and subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want your question answered on our podcast, go to flexmediacle.com backslash watch time.